So I'm walking down the interstate and leaving Memphis. First, I come across the bridge into West Memphis, Arkansas from Memphis, Tennessee. I get into West Memphis almost. I'm still on the bridge, but this Memphis police pulls up. This black lady, I can't remember what her name was, but she was real nice. And she gave me a ride across the bridge to West Memphis where I started walking and uh, I had my backpack and everything. I ended up checking into this uh, like mission thing where they take donations and I guess sell them and, and I don't know. Yeah, I guess it helps keep up the program in there. We had church services and so forth. It was a decent little thing. It was a mission in, in West Memphis, Arkansas. I stayed there for about six months. And uh, I guess I uh, met some kind of okay people there. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever seen a cell phone up close. Um, I think I was in my 30s, I guess, I think. But um, I ended up getting a cell phone from donations, and I got a cell phone, and I went and bought a chip for it. And uh, that was my first phone, AT&T. So I ended up, uh, I ended up um, taking this cell phone and, and walking with my backpack. I left the mission after about six months. I got, I got bored with it. And, just didn't want to be there. So I left and back on the interstate. Well, I was about into Little Rock, Arkansas. I hitchhiked, but nobody would pick me up <laughs> at that point. So it was a long walk for a couple of days. But uh, I would lay down on the side of the road, on the side of the viaduct, or under the bridge, or wherever I could to try and get some rest in the mosquitoes. Lord have mercy. They would not leave me alone. The mosquitoes would not allow me to sleep. So now, at this point, I think after a couple of days, I'm about exhausted. My food's running out. My water's running out. Um, I'm eating blackberries on the side of the interstate. Because uh, there's plenty of blackberries. So, thank God for blackberries. Uh... So I'm I'm into almost Little Rock, and this big yellow truck picks up, picks me up, pulls up, and gives me a ride. And it just so happens he knows my grandmother, and uh, he gives me a ride from there. I thought he was going to take me to Little Rock, and I told him where I was going, which was Washington. Um, and he gave me a ride to Fontana, California where I started walking down this giant interstate and uh, this Hispanic guy pulls up and offers me a ride, tells me the police will get me if they see me walking on there. So I'm like, okay, thanks, man. So he gives me a ride and he takes me in and I'm like, where should I go? Where's the best place mission to go to, uh, you know, where I can go and have some place to get a job and all that. And he says, he pointed me out to this one called Guadalupe. I can't remember the full name of it, but I was there for about six months. And it's an immigrant sanctuary in, in L.A. off Gless. 
first in glass right in that area um it was it was uh interesting because you know i got to speak the language a little a little more um, i have no clue how they admitted me into an immigrant sanctuary but they ended up taking a picture of me sitting on the steps and putting me in some newspaper it's online um but it's me sitting there with my head down with my head on my hand <laughs> crazy uh so anyway i stayed in uh i went into la off this uh from fontana on the interstate when this guy picked me up he took me into la and i went to that place stayed there went to work at a place called chrysalis which is like a second chance for felons type thing i guess um really it's nothing they just give you a job and and uh you come to work so i had to dress in this blue uniform that the city security guards i worked with them in the same building but i was uh the janitorial the street janitor more or less i had a radio too and the same color clothes but i had a big cart that i pushed that i would switch out bags of garbage on the street corners clean up uh, trash you know just whatever needed to be done clean off graffiti call in for welfare checks if need be um it was a fun job i liked it but unfortunately i moved into an apartment with some guys that were using cocaine and there i go so anyway that was kind of just a detour anyway because i was headed into washington so I, for six months i stayed there and then i finally made my way into washington on a greyhound and uh i got to washington and oh boy i'll tell you <laughs> life changes from region to region it really 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 does and you can see a big difference in place to place you can see the differences and uh it was crazy, but uh, a lot of things happened immediately when I got into Washington. Like someone offered me a job real quick, even though he turned out to, I don't know, he's the guy who's having problems, but he owned his own business. So um, I had problems getting paid a lot of the time. Uh, uh, it seemed like everybody was playing games with me. And I was like, really, is this what this place is about? Playing games with people? But uh, I kind of just, uh, I got over all that. So, uh, yeah, so I get into Washington and I end up meeting uh, meeting up with my son's mother, who happens to live right down the road from where I uh, find a job at. Um, this lady came into the library and said that they were serving soup and lunches and coffee and stuff down around the corner and i was like sure yeah i'll come just i was kind of being nice because i wasn't hungry i remember um i had already eaten that morning but i figured out to be nice yeah i'll come on down with you to the church so she got some other guys too and we all went down there and there was already people there and there was a pretty much a big pile of homeless people and i was one of them and uh the lady the same lady calls me out of the crowd after talking to me for a minute and she calls me out of the crowd and said this guy's name is so-and-so and uh he may have a job for you if you want to talk to him and i was like oh okay i did immediately find it weird because 
he pulled me out of a crowd of probably 40 people. <laughs> and I felt kind of strange, like I was uh, singled out and I didn't like it, I guess. But uh, So I was still kind of happy about it because the guy gave me a job. And when he, he knew I was homeless and he told me I could live in the building. I could sleep in the building at night as long as I guarded it. So I ended up sleeping there and um, meeting a lot of interesting people and come to find out my son's mother, like I said, was right living right down the road a block away facing where I was at. I'm like, how can this be? This is such a coincidence. This is crazy. Um, so she and I didn't get along at all and kind of uh, had a communication issue. So I went on about my merry way and uh, started hanging out with people who were like giving me drugs. I'm like feeding right into it. Oh, thanks. Especially women, you know, here. I don't know if they were trying to... uh, seduce me or whatever, whatever, I don't know what you would call it, but, um, I just went for the okie doke, you know, and fell on into getting high and I don't know. I got too high, I guess. I too, too many drinks, too much cheap whiskey. Uh, and I, and I kept feeling like I was being set up somehow and manipulated somehow through a bunch of different little things, that, and I didn't like it. Um, I felt like I was being, uh, I, got, I felt like I was part of a set, and, you know, kind of like the Truman Show. I felt like that, and it stood out to me, because I hadn't felt that way in Tennessee. I hadn't felt that way in, uh, in L.A., I didn't feel that way, but as soon as I come into Washington, suddenly this feeling comes on me, and it was weird, and then they start giving me the drugs, and then I started feeling it more, of course, my senses were like heightened, and I started being like, what, what the heck is going on here, I'm like, I, so I played dumb, which is the best thing I knew how to do, because that's what I did for a good portion of my life, play dumb, because... I found out being smart will get you slapped, you know, so play dumb. (laughs) Anyway, I'm an adult now, so I don't have to play dumb anymore, but I didn't realize it because I was still on my alcohol bench. I was still drinking around the clock whenever. I I may skip a day or two, but I was back at it. Yeah, I might recover and then go back to it, but yeah, that alcohol was getting me. Sure was. I loved me a half a pint of some LTD or whatever cheap I could get. Mm, man, loved it. I really did. I'm really not craving it anymore. <laughs> I just, I, I know what that sickness is and that the hurling and the, oh gosh, I I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it no more. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so I get uh, to meet these people and they say little things like, like in the place I'm working at, the guy next to me says something like, 
when my contract is over, I want to be able to do something, 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 something else. And I'm like, contract? I was thinking, I said, what are you talking about, contract? I thought we were all just hired on here. What do you mean contract? And then he started making little jokes. And it was things like it was an inside joke between everybody but me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Well, that started happening more and more often. And I just started ignoring them more and more often because who cares? Uh, they pulled the, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen where they got this dummy that the college kids got. This dummy that they put over the door of a stall of, in the bathroom, in the public restrooms to make someone think that they're looking at you over the stall. They did that to me and I got out of there. I was ready to fight somebody and, that, and I couldn't find anybody. When I came out, nobody looked around. Somebody knew. Somebody knew who it was, but no one. And you know the dead giveaway about it all? Is no one looked at me when I looked at them. That's always such a giveaway. That reminds me of the time when I stole the cigarettes. And, and I put them back after I noticed all the uh, stockers and sack boys at the front door of the grocery store. Walking around looking at their feet. Even though I was looking dead at all of them, none of them would look at me. So I put them cigarettes back. Of course, they, she came and got me anyway, the security guard, because I concealed it. Despite the fact that I put it back, it was still against the law to conceal it. So there I went. Okay, so anyway, uh, I'm in Washington. And some crazy things happen. Anyway, I ended up leaving. Uh, one city for another city for another city. And I went up and down Washington, went into Oregon and uh, a lot of nothing but crazy, really crazy. I guess I could say I was high most of the time or drunk, one of the two. But when you're walking the streets, I mean, it's kind of rough. You know, your feet are blistered up, your, your feet smell like urine. Uh, you want a bath bad and you feel you're humiliated because you know you stink and you know people are looking at you and all that good stuff. But you know, after a while, you become numb to it. And then when you get older, you become, hey, don't judge that person. When you've been there, you can go, hey, don't judge that person. Look what they're going through. You don't know what people are going through. And that's why it used to upset me a lot when, when I'd see police attacking homeless people that, that had no clue about the law or what their rights were or anything. You know, it just used to really bother me because you don't know what this guy's going through. You can pretend you do all day long, but you really don't. So up and down Washington, having fun. Yeah. Joy meeting people. Uh, nobody seems to be anything I want to be hanging around. Like this one lady takes me to the, she, I meet her. She takes me to uh, the store and she steals a bunch of stuff and I don't even know it. And I just met her. And she comes out with all the stuff she stole and she's going to go back in another store. Well, as soon as she did, I caught a bus out of there. She, she didn't ever see me again. <laughs> the first sign of trouble, I'm getting away. Look, I'm not into no jails. I'm not into being locked down, locked up. I just really ain't into it. Um, and uh, it's been a wild ride. I'm just now being able to see that truthfully, truly, none of this, none of it matters. 
None of my past matters. Right now, I'm sober. Right now, I am humbled. I've learned how to control my anger. I won't be humiliated anymore because I could probably step outside butt naked right now and not feel humiliated. That's how humiliated I've been in the past. So much so that now it probably wouldn't even bother me. I probably laugh with them. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Gratitude is a great thing. Uh, I'm grateful to God that he breathed life into me while I slept, allowed me to live through the night. Uh, I'm grateful that I have something over my head to stop the rain from hitting me, even though I love rain. I love thunderstorms. I can't get them in where I'm at in Washington. But I love those things. I grew up with them. Uh, tornadoes from a distance, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, so I end up um, pretty much straightening up and realizing that I was running around like an idiot and stealing from people and stealing from the grocery stores, and shoplifting. I mean, my goodness, man, I couldn't. It's like a, it was just becoming a norm. Well, one day I figured it out, I guess, or maybe it took more than one day. But that's one thing that I will never do again. Nothing could trigger me to do that. And I'm thankful for that. I wish I could find that same strength and put it in other parts of my life. And, you know, then I'd become perfect, right? <laughs> I can make everything exactly right because I've got the strength for all of it, right? Well, we're all human. Nobody's perfect. So, um, anyway, I love Washington weather. I do like it. Um, but I do miss the thunderstorms. Um, I like that people up here protest and stand up for themselves in the Northwest. I mean, they there if it wasn't for that they wouldn't have marijuana legal now i mean look at all the people they're arresting for marijuana they had all these people believing that this marijuana is going to make you crazy while they're sitting there chugging scotch down in whiskey i mean yeehaw i mean that don't they should be sitting there talking to me in the south telling me this is real conversation people sitting there telling me they're old weed puffers i don't know what in the hell's wrong with them man. Some bitches getting gone loony. I can't stand one of them. You know, they sit there and tell me about that old guys. But they're sitting here down in Granddad Whiskey, old Granddad, and Jack Daniels, and Crown Royal, and just downing shit. I'm sorry, downing things. <laughs> it was, I'm like, are you serious? I'm just smiling with them, you know, listening. But I can't believe the hypocrisy, you know. I'm hearing the hypocrisy and like, and I'm not trying to, but and then I think, am I being negative by hearing this hypocrisy? Am I just supposed to drop it and let it go? Obviously he's not going to want to hear it. Even if I said it, he wouldn't hear it. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's been a good one way conversation. Um, uh, I'm not crazy. I really am not. I've got a lot of stories to tell, but I'm kind of, uh, like I said, a little, a little iffy on a lot of them because they're scary stories.
days. No. All right. Y'all have a great evening. Bye.